Welcome to Hooked on Stereophonics. I'm Steve Zimmer, joined as always with James Keough, sound guy extraordinaire, and Michael Interviewer. Today we're here with Lauren Denizio from the Brooklyn punk band Warriors. Lauren, nice to have you on the show. Hi, thank you for inviting me. So in this podcast we talk about books and music and the relationship between those two and how they intertwine and interact with each other. So Lauren, do you remember the first book that really hit you and made you want to start being a writer and reading more books that really like affected you hard? Um, well, I feel like I don't necessarily remember one moment because I, I always remember being a really avid reader when I was a kid. So even when I was in like first and second grade, I just read a ton of books. And so yeah, it's hard for me to remember that one thing because I feel like I was I was reading like all sorts of like young adult kids books and like The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. So. I feel like I was just I was just always a really big reader and, and a lot of I mean just a lot of fiction um, and yeah I don't even necessarily uh, I can't really pinpoint a time that like I, I wanted to be a writer because of it because um, I feel like that those two things were always kind of separate for me um, or like the thought process was but um, yeah I'm sure we're looking back on it like I'll I'll figure it out but. At what point did you like want to be a writer? Or did you start writing? I feel like I was I was always writing short stories in high school. Um, so I was briefly interested in creative writing and fiction and things like that. But I feel like my my connection to writing has always been through songs and through um, maybe more like editorial and critical writing. Um, and I feel like I've always been really comfortable expressing myself that way like that's made a lot of sense to me through through both lyrics and and other sorts of writing um but uh, I, I definitely think it was it was first through songwriting that i kind of found that actual voice or that that way of working what's the first book you would consider like your favorite then? one of the books that sometimes i i forget about and then realize is really one of my favorites is Eat Love by Catherine dunn it's about a family, um, like this traveling family where they um, it's, they basically work on a, a circus. They're basically trying to engineer their children to be, um, they have like genetic ab- abnormalities that like make one of them have kind of like fins for hands right. and then like um, their, their daughters are conjoined twins. Yeah. It's just a really, it's a really dark but um, beautiful book that I feel like I really connected to just in terms of its tone, but then also in like this way of um, finding beauty and love for uh, this whole family and for people in general that like didn't look like everybody else, didn't act like everybody else. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's really, it's really dark, pretty creepy. Um, but also really beautiful. That's a book that um, I felt like you know wasn't required reading in high school. Like it wasn't. It wasn't one of those things that everybody has read. And, and I found it and just really fell in love with it. Do you think that aspect of finding love in people who are different, like carries now into warriors and that sort of like punk rock? Yeah, thing? for sure. I mean, um, I think that. Um, 
like I've realized that most of what I like reading about tends to be, um, you know, stories, stories of people that are kind of like different or outcast or like um, one of one of the other writers who's one of my favorites is Winery O'Connor. But um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of her books are about. Um, a lot of them are about really religious scenarios, which is odd for for me to be so so into. But um, but I feel like that that sort of um, like a little bit twisted uh, you know narrative uh, is is something that I'm I'm really drawn to, and I don't I don't necessarily think it it shows up specifically in Warriors, but I think that. Um, the way of writing about people and and the way of like writing about um, definitely like a little bit <laughs> like darker or more depressing things in a way that's actually beautiful like is is something that that probably has slipped into me through that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's like it's something that I haven't necessarily thought about directly, so it's it's interesting to talk about. I think it's really interesting, too, because I think that, like, sort of as we're talking to more people uh, about books and their methods of writing and punk music in general, it's like that theme is starting to emerge of, the, of that same kind of finding, you know, pe- people who are uh, maybe a bit more outcast um, and themes that are darker, but kind of finding something, like beautiful and hopeful to kind of take away from that so it's it's really interesting to hear that sort of echoed again yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. and I realized like uh, that I haven't like a lot of my favorite books are books I haven't read in 15 years yeah so yeah. or you know like 10 years or something like that and so it's hard for me to remember the specifics um, beyond like the things here and there that have really have really stood with me so um, so yeah it's like even even talking about geek clubs like I, I feel like my basic description of it is probably not the most appealing thing or like it probably sounds like you um, it was written like in a maybe like in a derogatory way towards certain people but it's it's actually or the, the way I remember it is actually um it's just something that I really connected with as a person <laughs> and or someone who's like has lived with illness and like lived with like being you know genetically screwed up uh that that things like that are really can be really beautiful to me especially in, in um, like narrative writing for sure for sure are there any other books like that you remember loving um not not specifically like like that or as similar to that. Um, I definitely think that um, I'm trying to remember like the other the other books that I wrote down. But it, I mean, it is um, it's kind of funny to me how a lot of the books that I really like are are really tragic. <laughs> like I really, like, really um, <laughs> like really depressing books that. Um, 
it's hard for me to recommend books to people sometimes because I realize I'm like, oh, you should totally read this, and it's like, oh, it's like it's gonna ruin your life. It's like they die, and, <laughs> and, you know, or like you know, everyone they love dies, right. and like all you know, stuff like that. But there's something about that 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 really sucks me in. Yeah. I feel like that's that's how I am with the, the Harry Potter series. Like my favorite books are three and four and that's when everything just goes to shit for the series. So it's like I kind of like I feel like there's emotionally and narratively it's a more powerful thing. Yeah. It's funny because you're talking about being poor at recommending books but I'm kind of more now like I want a list from you of like these, <laughs> these tragic books. Like I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. But yeah, I mean, when I was, I must have been like 14 or something like that and read Margaret Atwood, um, The Handmaid's Tale. And it's like, how can you be a young person and read, read a book that like actually is somewhat age appropriate? Like, I feel like at that, like people, teenagers read that book. Yeah. That, that's about taking knowledge and the right to read away from women and valuing women solely on childbirth yeah. like, that, that's stuff a, like that like it's so really deep thing for fortune like I didn't get into Margaret Atwood until college one of my freshman English classes had an excerpt from uh, Oryx and Crate and I got really into that and then I discovered cool. Handmaid's Tale from that and so like, even as like a college sophomore I'm so like <laughs> like that's enough to be mind blowing like, yeah oh. it's like I, I feel like those sorts of things are what can seep into your subconscious like I wouldn't I wouldn't have called myself a feminist back then but when I when I think about the books that I read at that age it really makes a lot of sense how certain radical political ideas get put there in, through fiction um, but yeah like in, and then in high school I read like the tragic plays of Federico Garcia Lorca that like yeah, they're <laughs> awful. I mean, they're, they're amazing, but they're brutal. <laughs> and like, um, like one of them, one of them is called Bodas de Sangre, which is uh, bloodletting. <laughs> I was like, you know, sixteen. Yeah. It was a poor school um, in Spanish, and they're they're really intense, um, dramatic, pretty like classical plot lines, right. but just but total tragedies um, that like I don't I don't write like that like those aren't you know like my, my songwriting certainly doesn't <laughs> I don't think it's that tragic and, and brutal but um, I think like finding the poetry in that is, has been something that I'm always drawn to and always interested in that's really cool one of the things that I was interested in just because it, it was like sort of like a footnote in an interview I was reading with you, but you named Cruel Optimist after a book. Oh, yeah. And I sort of wanted to dig into that a little bit more and, like, why you picked that, kind of what about that book led you to sort of take that and turn it into an album. Uh, well, that, the book that I based that record on, or, like, the, the name, the name is based on that book, that it's, it's a book by Lauren Berlant that she's, She's definitely like an, an academic writer. She's a social theorist. Um, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure how to categorize the field that she's in, but she talks a lot about how the things that one is attached to and one 
you know, is is committed to conceptually in terms of like building the good life can often be detrimental to one's own flourishing. And I I think the way that she both in that in that book and other things that she's written really um, questions a lot of institutions that people are socialized to believe are helpful and are um, kind of just a matter of course. Um, like what kind of institutions? <laughs> um, like marriage, like um, traditional families, um, like monogamy. But, but in a way that's um, kind of, it's, it's like questioning, well, why, like, what is it that you want and why is it that you think that these things are going to get you there? And um, I didn't take away from it necessarily that um, her, her theories are totally opposed to those institutions, but, but more along the lines of like, well, why, like, that this is not the end all be all, these things are not. Um, the only option. Yeah, they're not the only option, and, and often, if you're so committed to to those things and to finding those things, that it actually stops you from being happy. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I think I was I was thinking a lot about those concepts while writing the record, and so while it it's not, um, you know, they're not songs that are like directly about that. Concept. They're um, they're with a lot of the songs are with that in mind, um, and, uh, and so I feel like those that sort of writing has really influenced the way I the way I think about things, and then the way um, the way I write songs, or like the way I write lyrics. So it's it's less about. It's sort of directly influencing the song as much as it's more like kind of influencing your thought processes, which mm-hmm. then kind of translates into the songs. Yeah, it's like I'm not like reading theory and then writing songs about it. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I I definitely think that um, the way I think about like if I'm writing songs that have to do or that, or that are based on my life or like relationships I've had, like any sort of like interpersonal interactions that I have used things that I've read to kind of process that and that definitely comes out in the songs yeah um, but um, but yeah I mean actually that record um, I actually I based one of one of the other songs on um, on this book that Jeanette Larson wrote called called Passion um, and like I can't even like <laughs> I can go into like the total plot of that book, but it's like, oh, but here's here's a book that um, you never know uh, the gender of the protagonist, and it's um, you know it's set hundreds hundreds of years ago, and it's this like epic love story, and um, but it's uh, like very obviously about androgyny or like I think a lot of people interpret it to be that, like that's part of the point of the book um, so like that was one of the first things that I actually wrote I'm like oh like I'm actually kind of writing from the perspective of someone inside the story um, but that's not something I do very often but I really like the book 
Um, going back to what you said about certain institutions and questioning that, is that where something where a song like Yes All Cops comes from also, or is that somewhere different? Um, I mean, it definitely falls under that category. Yeah. Um, I think that... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that my my general means of like questioning things like that um, com- comes out in songs um, and comes out in that one very specifically. Um, I don't think it was necessarily based on anything I've read so much as like uh, you know that maybe that's my that's my way of writing about things like that. So I've just been trying to think about like how these two things connect for me, or like um, books I've read. Really, more specifically, like I was trying to think more about fiction because I feel like, especially with the, the Lauren Berlant book and and other things that um, are more theoretical, it's like that certainly influences like my political thought or like my relationship to my own politics. But um, but it's not necessarily like a creative process like creative writing would be and um, because I like I don't I don't consider myself to like practice creative writing but I write a ton of lyrics <laughs> so so it's interesting to think about like how those how those things have actually influenced me but um, while still like not not necessarily feeling like I'm in <laughs> that category or something you know? yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that's a weird thing a lot of artists have where it's like we do these things but we don't consider ourselves to be that thing until a certain point and even then we're not sure what that point is it's always just like out of our reach yeah yeah it's like well I'm going to keep doing this all the time but it's hard to actually like walk up to somebody and call yourself that, you know. Yeah. Like it's it's not paying for the apartment, so I don't know if I'm this. <laughs> yeah. You were saying something? I think it's interesting just in that um, sort of you know focusing more on on like fiction and the theoretical stuff with like with what kind of what you've read. Whereas like with me, it's I sort of struggle with the same thing because it's like I write songs where I like to think I do and um, but I don't really write from a place where it's necessarily inspired by any sort of like fiction or anything I've written as much as it's sort of um, you know like I, re- I read a lot of biographies um, and specifically a lot of like music biographies and then it's like sometimes I think less than what was specifically like written in the book but more of maybe just the theme or the attitude of the person or the band that I was reading about then sort of take hold and then shapes sort of what comes out there. So it's less of a, I can reference this passage in this book and how that led me to write this line or, more, you know, this verse and, and more of just a, this tone led me to sort of write this song and it, it's it's more of a abstract thing than sure, anything yeah. in specific. No, you know? totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's the thing though. It's like it's hard to like if, 
I feel like in terms of visual art, you can be very directly influenced yeah. by like an aesthetic style or something like that. But yeah. Um, and I mean, I definitely think I'm like the way I write music and the way I write lyrics is influenced by other bands. But it's hard to like take that leap to like any anything else that you um, like ingest creatively. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like I, I feel the same way. It's like yeah. I don't, I don't think I was, or that my process is influenced by geek love, but I know that like books like that have a huge impact on me as a person or as a creative person. Um, Talking about visual art though, you've put out a couple of books of art, um, and is that through Don Giovanni, or are they putting books out? Um, yeah, they they put out a, um, a book for me last year um, called How Do You Like What You Have? And, um, and so that's that was the book of my artwork. I also put out uh, zines sometimes, um, but that's been that's been like self-published. Like that stuff is those are things that I make on my own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Don Giovanni put out um, you know having having known me for a long time. Like, oh, like, we'll, you know, we'll put out a book of your work. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that that was really nice, and I think we might do something like that again. So I'm excited to meet out with them. Another book of visual art, or is that going to be? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think so. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not writing a book anytime soon. <laughs> I like that Don Giovanni is one of the labels I've seen that has been putting out more books like they just put out Larry a little more spoke about how to run a record label yeah, yeah, yeah. Again. Well, I feel like that's a good label to be a part of it's like you have they have the vinyl they have books they have all these like little things that they dip their toes into it's like yeah and like um, Marissa Paternoster from Screaming Females also put out a book with them she's uh, I think they put out like a print for her too so so um yeah, Don Giovanni is, is definitely is just really <laughs> supportive of like whatever the creative output of their friends are or like the people that they work with. It's just you know, it's like whatever you want to do, like we'll, we'll work on it. So that's that's been really cool. That's really cool. Now I know I'm getting yeah. James for. <laughs> <laughs> are there any other uh, fiction works you? like to talk about uh, um, <laughs> I don't know break well, out the list no I'll break out the list but um, <laughs> although I guess this is something I, th- I thought of that maybe you guys know that um, do you know I don't know if I should call him a comic artist or an illustrator but Chris Ware heard the name okay um, he's done a lot of I guess they're graphic novels um, he had this series that showed up in the New Yorker every once in a while that was about this woman who I guess was like in her early 30s that she uh, had the like lower half of her left leg amputated um, and it's I mean he does really beautiful comics but it's it's a lot of um, it's a lot of silence so like there's there's not a ton of dialogue and um and so his depiction of like her life and these kind of random daily things that would happen um, was really beautiful but also really sad and really depressing. But anytime it would ever show up in the New Yorker or his comics would show up in the New Yorker, I would get really excited because I would always hope there was like this lady that would be in the comics. And sometimes sometimes she would be there and sometimes not. Like it's not like it was always about her. But um, but he put out um, 
another, and I think it's an anthology or maybe it's just a graphic novel on its own that um, I found out came out that like has her as the main character. So I need to go read that now because like I would just find it every once in a while. Like it, it wasn't like it was a regular comic book. I would just like find comic strips by him with this one character. But um, I, I guess that goes back to uh, like the Flannery O'Connor and Geek Club and stuff. Like I don't do you, know, do you know what really the drawn to that. <laughs> Do uh, you know what the anthology is called, by any chance? Or? It's some building stories, I think. Um, I think that's what it's called. I think I wrote down the... Yeah, it's called Building Stories, is the um, anthology. It's, it's the one where, where there's one lady, which I'm actually not even entirely sure that she has a name. Like, anything I've read about it, no one ever, no one ever mentions her name. I also read a lot of... Con- like, I read a lot of graphic novels. I was going to ask, being with sort of that marriage of... of you know, storytelling and visual art, if you were, you yeah. know, if that's sort of where you lean. Um, Definitely. I mean, I don't, I don't so much anymore, um, partially because it means buying a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, I feel like maybe there's that more direct connection or it's not, it's not a very far leap to go from like being interested in art and illustration to graphic novels, so yeah. uh, from a writing standpoint. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's like that's a whole other kind of thing. But um, are there any other graphic novels you like to you feel like influence you, or you just really really want to talk about? Or? <laughs> uh, I've been really excited about the comics or their their shorter graphic novels that. Nate Powell has been drawing, and I'm forgetting the name of the writer, but um, it's called March, and um, it's a it's a graphic novel about um, this congressman John Lewis during the Civil Rights Movement, but it it bridges from from back then till today, um, and uh, I think only book one is out right now, but I know they're coming out with another one, and Nate Powell, who I think he was in Sufi Nun Squad. He's an amazing illustrator um, and just artist in general, but he was in a lot of book bands. <laughs> so uh, I feel like I've I've heard that name too. Maybe yeah, just, yeah. Like, I can't um, put a face or a thing no. Well, he was, I think, and then his other band, um, Universe, is uh, a band that I was like able to see in Bush like, years ago, but like. Um, I feel like our, our paths have crossed, but it's, it's it was really rad. Like I think he was on the Rachel Maddow show once, like for the for the book, like the, right. the writers and everybody was like was on network television. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I know this guy. That's cool. Or like um, just just excited to see somebody who you know has been like a prolific illustrator, like getting getting that, for that yeah. attention or like and and for that story specifically. Those are, it's, it's an amazing story. It's a really interesting thing to put into a graphic novel. I feel like that's a way to show people who wouldn't normally learn about it a chance to do that. I feel like it's very, um, no one can see the hand. Inclusive. There we go, yes. It's very inclusive of them to do it in a format that will get people into it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, yeah, it definitely, it makes it a lot more accessible. I need to read more graphic novels, but I've always been really interested in that art form you know and when I think about it it's like it, it takes that much more work just because you do have to write a compelling narrative 
and something that gets people to want to read it. And then at the same time, there's the art that's involved, and it's like all of that's a process. And there's so many people involved, you know, the illustrators, uh, inkers, inkers, color, colorists, and stuff. And it's like I just think it's really cool, like sort of, um, you know, if you just write a book, it's probably going to be you and you know maybe an editor. Uh, so it's a pretty small group. But then when you take something like a graphic novel, there's a, there's a whole team involved in creating a story. And I, I've always found that really interesting. Well, yeah, especially if there's, um, you know, when there's a, like a separate writer and um, an illustrator and things like that, like, yeah, it's a lot more than just personal. Yeah. Do you have any uh, few differences in your writing style in Warriors versus other bands you're in or outside of songwriting that you just writing here and there? I don't think I have a, like, lyrically, I, I don't I don't feel like I have a different style, I think. Um, when I was in the Measure, there were scenarios where um, someone else would write the music and I would write the lyrics, and I feel like that, that always turns out a little bit differently because the kind of flow and cadence of things isn't, isn't what I might necessarily write on my own, um, but like topic-wise like conceptually it's definitely not I don't feel like I like put on a different hat for different projects really um, which is kind of cool but um, and that's why I mean I try to um, you know have other <laughs> other writing projects going on in the background I haven't I haven't been doing that a lot a lot lately um, just because we've, we've been touring a lot so I haven't really done much else <laughs> besides that um, but I think that like when I'm writing other, you know, more editorial or like critical things, it's it's definitely a different, it's a different voice, which, which is nice. But yeah, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not really <laughs> don't have that much range when it comes to, That's great. to like lyrics and stuff. That's good though, because like when people hear your songs, like you know, oh, it's it's you. Mm-hmm. Like this is what. Like one day I'll put out a pop record. <laughs> <laughs> I think I already put on pop records. You just got loud guitars. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we, we, we had a really great question last time where, uh, are there any musicians that you would like to see for that works? Whether as a member or like fiction writing type of like whose voice you want to see on the Oh, that's true. Oh, that's a good question. I feel like I have an answer to that too. Oh, well, I feel like John Cusack's in the last book by now. I just don't know about it, you know? Like, there's no way. There's not a book. Somewhere in that Somewhere, right? yeah. I know he's got a couple solo albums somewhere. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, he also, I feel like he did a writing fellowship or something. I read something about him working on writing outside of, definitely outside of the band. Like, yeah. I know that it's something that he does now. Like I would, I would read a Johnny Azam book oh, yeah. any day of the week. Um, but um, yeah, actually, I'm very glad you said that because now I just have like every week of that song in my head. Like, <laughs> no, totally. Well, like, like I think that's the thing. It's like I like uh, songwriters who who are just inherently very literary, um, and and he is definitely one of those people. Um, I also really really enjoy uh, reading whatever Nico Case writes. Yeah. 
<laughs> that, that I think uh, she just she has a writing style and also a sense of humor that I really appreciate um, and uh, yeah I think those are two of my favorite favorite writers in general um, I know I think uh, I feel like Laura Jane Grace is working on a book um, so so that that would be great um, but, uh, but otherwise yeah I mean I feel like maybe Billy Bragg read a book? I don't know. I don't I, think so, but it, it sounds like... It wouldn't like, surprise yes. me. If, if but I don't have any proof of that. Yeah. Like, when you say that, in my head, you, I, would, I can see yeah. like the cover. Well, I've read things that he's written. He's definitely, you know, written things. things. Yeah. Like, you know... Probably 33 like or something. Yeah, but uh, I, would totally, I would read a Billy Bragg autobiography. That'd be a great, like... Road trip novels. No, totally. Hear him say that. Yeah, that's all I can do. That's a good question, though. Um, do you remember the last book you finished, or do you have a book you're currently reading? That you uh, to talk about? The the last book I finished was the price of, the price of salt, which is the book that uh, the movie Carol is based on. Oh, okay. um, by yes. Patricia Highsmith. Um, amazing. I love it. It's quickly becoming one of my favorite books ever. Um, and then I'm currently reading Between the World and Me. Nice. It's um, great. I still gotta pick that up. There was a, uh, a book club at my old job where oh, a bunch cool. of like old youth would get together at this ice cream place, drink wine, and then just like talk about that book. And I was yeah. like, I need to be a part of this. Uh -huh. And then I got fired. So. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a good book. You should read it anyway. It's like one. Yeah, definitely. James, are you. What is the last book you finished, or are currently working on? Last book I finished was Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl, oh. um, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it was it's by Carrie Brownstein, which I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I loved it. I I was really kind of surprised at how much um, I kind of took away from it. Like I I read the last couple of chapters and I cried, um, and it's one of the first times or, or it's been a very long time since I've been sort of that moved by by a book um, so it's a fantastic read for anyone I think who plays music um, especially more kind of punk or independent leaning music and then I started um, Tony Visconti who produced a large portion of Dave Bowie records um, he has a biography just about his time in the music industry and I've started it but I have not finished it I actually started it before Bowie passed away and then he passed away and I um, found it difficult to immediately pick back up just considering that it was sort of that topic everywhere so I needed to sort of decompress a little bit and then I'll I'll planning on going back to it like soon um, but I'm not quite there yet and just because we were talking about graphic novels, I have, but have not started. Um, I don't remember the writer, but there's a book called The Sender, um, which I think is about a robot astronaut, which um, is a subject I really enjoy. Um, and then a book by Brian Lee O'Malley called Seconds. Yes. And he's the one, yeah, he wrote Lost at Sea and uh, Scott Pilgrim. Um, I also just finished Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl, and I also cried. Um, right now I'm torn between trying to finish Cat's Cradle, um, rereading American Gods for the second or third time, we're starting John Darnell's book, 
uh, the wolf in the van. Oh, cool. I've heard, I've heard good things about that. I just got like really into the mountain goats, and I got like a hundred dollars in Barnes and Noble gift cards. So I was like, let's just get everything I talked about that first episode. No, totally. Bought that, perhaps being a wallflower, which I also finished. Um, yeah, it's funny. I'm the only one that hasn't. It feels like I'm the only one who hasn't read Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl. Um, but I did. I I just bought um, Jessica Hopper's book. Um, Something like female rock. <laughs> I think it's like the, the first anthology of music criticism by a female journalist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or by a female rock critic or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and I've, read, I've read bits of it and it's so good. I, I definitely want to pick that up soon. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to read that. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much for being on Hooked oh, on Sericonics. Uh, Lauren did it so from Warriors. Imaginary Life out now on Don Giovanni Records. Uh, soon they'll be on tour with the Smith Street Band and Hard Girls. April 1st in Brooklyn Knitting Factory. You should go. They're fantastic. Uh, thank you to Lauren again. To Routine Bushwick for letting us sit here and take up their best table. Um, we'll see you next episode. Thanks.